All right, folks, welcome aboard Wednesday night edition Philip Ward show. It is 11.06 on the East Coast, 8.06 on the West Coast. We are counting down. We have 20 days, less than three weeks away. We have a chance to right the wrongs of 2020. By the way, today is the 947th day of slowing the spread. The Joe Unity Biden administration now has 823 days left for every single one of us to endure. So I've been focusing a lot on this program, on the Senate races that I've been telling you are going to shape the future of our country. Pennsylvania, it's probably the biggest Senate race right now. I think the, the top three Senate races that are going to shift it hopefully it's going to shift the balance of power and 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 I would hope give power to the Republicans seeing as how the Democratic Party which we're going on 2 years now of one party democratic rule that is destroying the country that is destroying Americans livelihoods destroying Americans wallets we just simply cannot keep going down this path the American people cannot simply afford this Joe Unity Biden administration but Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Georgia. I really believe that those are the three key Senate races, and I think there's a lot more. But Dr. Oz against John Fetterman in Pennsylvania is, is I think, hands down the biggest toss-up Senate race that this country is dealing with. By the way, Dr. Oz was just on uh, Fox News and was doing a town hall. Tell you what, I've, I've, I've come a long way on Dr. Oz. I was, I was skeptical at first of his candidacy. You know, when he was doing his uh, television show, he was talking about transgender children. I mean, to me, that's sort of a red flag as a conservative. I don't think there are transgender children. I think that that is a, a, a choice that you make when you're older. Uh, and that, it, listen, you can disagree with me all you want, but that's my own personal belief is that there's no, you know, there's no four and five and six and seven year olds that that say that they're transgender i just i don't believe that to be true and again you can disagree with me all you want whatever anyway but oz and fetter so so that's where i sort of have uh, had reservations about dr oz but i tell you what this guy he, i i watched him tonight he's articulate he really cares about crime that's destroying the state of Pennsylvania. He cares about the economy. He cares about energy. And, the, you know, energy is an $80 billion industry in Pennsylvania. It, 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 it's pretty massive. And you got John Fetterman, who repeatedly has said that he wants to ban fracking and we have to get away from fracking. But now he says, oh, no, I, I support fracking as long as it's environmentally friendly. It, 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 the, the guy is a devout liar. It's all he does. He's, he's, he just flip-flops and changes his position and, and more than he changes that big old hoodie that he puts on. Anyway, and I'll get into uh, Fetterman's record uh, more a little bit throughout the program. Uh, but you have Dr. Oz and John Fetterman, which I believe is the biggest Senate race that we're dealing with. J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan in Ohio. Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock in Georgia. I truly believe those are the three big ones. Now we have in Nevada, Adam Laxalt again against uh, Catherine Cortez Mastro. These are the, the, the Senate races that I believe are in play. Uh, General Don Baldock 
in uh, New Hampshire against Maggie Hassan. You got Blake Masters running in Arizona, who I think would be a wonderful Senate, uh, the United States Senator, up against the astronaut, Mark Kelly. And you have Tiffany Smiley, who I think is, is in with an outside chance. And if there is to be a wave election, and I dare to say that because I don't want to jinx what hopefully could be coming, but in a wave election, Tiffany Smiley, Washington, she just might have an outside chance to uh, to unseat the incumbent there, Patty Murray. Uh, Ron Johnson, I'm more and more hopeful about him every day, pulling away from Mandela Barnes. And Mandela Barnes, who's the current lieutenant governor of Wisconsin, is just a radical, socialist, crazy whack job. This is the kind of guy that his 11 by 15 campaign, where he wanted... 11,000 inmates released from prison. By the way, that's something that John Fetterman is, is, is obsessed with as well. You know, I don't understand it. If you do the crime, you know, remember the old saying, if you do the crime, you have to do the time. You know, with the Democratic Party, now if you do the crime, uh, we'll just try and get you out. Uh, if you don't have cash bail, yeah, that's fine. We'll get you out. Um, but it, uh, uh, so Ron Johnson, uh, the, uh, excuse me, Mandela Barnes is, you know, the whole campaign, 11 by uh, wanted those 11,000 inmates out by 2015. I don't think it's gone over well with the people of Wisconsin. It looks like Ron Johnson is starting to pull away. Uh, North and South Carolina, Ted Budd and Tim Scott, respectively, look like they have pretty good leads over Cheryl Beasley and Crystal Matthews. Uh, and then you have in Florida, Marco Rubio and Val Demings. Uh, they just had a debate. And then you, of course, have... And, and, and this might be... You know, maybe the furthest shot, but but John, uh, Joe O'Day up against Michael Bennett. I think at some point there, that that might be in play as well. So I've been focusing a lot on those Senate races. Now there's also gubernatorial races in the country, and 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 Ron DeSantis against uh, Charlie Crist in uh, Florida looks like Ron DeSantis has a healthy lead. Uh, the one that I really want to focus on more so than the one I'm going to talk about in a second here is in Arizona. That being Carrie Lake uh, against uh, 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 Katie Hobbs. And Carrie Lake is just a phenomenal candidate. She is a an exact Trump-like figure. She's like the she's like the woman politician version of Donald Trump because she doesn't care what the pathological, prolific, pathetic liars say in the mainstream media. She goes at the mainstream media. She was, you know, they, they've been calling her, oh, well, are you an election denier? And you didn't say you're going to accept the results of the election and so on and so forth and anything and everything that they level at people who, who you know, were out there and were questioning the 2020 election and questioning mail-in voting, that mail-in ballots that came in at 4 o'clock in the morning and magically all went to Joe Unity Biden, 81 million votes later, and Joe Biden's the most popular president that this country's ever seen, and you can't even question the election. Well, she literally had papers, she was reading them, to the so-called journalists that we deal with in this country. And she's saying to them, well, what about Hillary Rotten Clinton, who was an election denier, who continuously said that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president? How come you don't say anything about that? How come you don't say anything about Democrats that continue to say Donald Trump was illegitimate? You had Jerry Nadler. Uh, I think you had Adam Schiff, the weird-looking Adam Schiff. He was definitely a big, uh, uh, one of the biggest supporters of the Trump-Russia collusion. And there's, there's clear evidence that Donald Trump colluded with Russia when there was no evidence at all, all bought and paid for by Hillary Rodham Clinton and her campaign. Uh, so Carrie Lake, I think, would be phenomenal. Now, I don't, I, I, I want to be very hopeful and optimistic about the state of New York. 
and about Lee Zeldin here in the state of New York, the Empire State. Because New York State, and, 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 and living here, folks, you can see that throughout the, the state, a lot of the state is red. There is a t there are a ton of conservatives here in New York State, and the the old adage goes, if it wasn't for New York City, New York State would be a red state. It's all about making sure. And and by the way, here in the city of Buffalo as well, I mean it, it totally run by Democrats also, but it's if New York City, if that can be overcome by conservatives in the state of New York and maybe even some soca and I don't really believe that these there's many of these anymore so-called conservative democrats at you know I I really don't know how can you be conservative and go along and and, and call yourself a registered democrat I really don't know I kind of struggle with figuring that out um but even if there are some here in the state of New York I think that they potentially could vote for Lee Zeldin now, David Marcus, who's a conservative writer, um, he, he, he writes for like uh, uh, Fox News, I guess sometimes, uh, New York Post. He writes this article today in the Daily Wire. And I really wanted to focus on it a little bit because I, I don't think I've given enough time to, you know, I've been so focused in talking about the Senate races um, that I haven't really given much time to Lee Zeldin here in the state of New York. And I love that David Marcus is is a optimistic, he, a great writer. That's that's for one, but he he's just throwing it out there today because I th I think he's he's tired of predictions, tired of projections, and he just wants to point out. And this is the headline of the article. He writes, "Quote: Why Lee Zeldin will win in New York," and he writes this quote. New York Republicans are not by nature an optimistic people. This makes sense given the last time anyone with an R after their name won a statewide election was two decades ago. By the way, that was good old wacky George Pataki. Just a month or two ago, politicians, pundits, flax, pollsters were all saying the same thing about this year's race for governor. Incumbent Democrat Kathy Jokel was going to win and Republican challenger Lee Zeldin had no chance. This was not so much based on polls, though they looked bad for Zeldin, but also on raw registration numbers dominated by ugh, Democrats. But things, he, write, he writes, have changed. Now, most of those same folks are saying, at least behind the scenes, not just that Zeldin can win, but that he will win. And he writes that the tide changed here in New York when in the summertime Lee Zeldin was attacked by this drunk man who was like threatening to stab Lee Zeldin. Then that you know, the very night or the next day Lee Zeldin predicted he said, "Well, he'll be out of jail," and and sure enough, there he was. So he he writes that that point in time there was the so-called crack in the door that the Republicans needed. Now in October, Zeldin has shrunk a 20-point lead down to four in some polls. Now, you can't really believe the polling because the polling always oversamples Democrats. For some reason, Democrats have too much time on their hands. Maybe it's because they don't work, that they can go out there and do polls and answer the phone and do polls. Tell you what, myself personally, I've never been called 
to do a poll. You know, even if I even if I was, I'm not sure if I'd answer. And I'm usually working uh, throughout the day, just as a lot of conservatives are working throughout the day. Um, but so when it comes to the polling, I personally say you can't trust the polling. You really can't, especially when it comes to Democrat versus Republican in a state like New York. Now, the response from Jokel's campaign to Zeldin's rise in the polls has been slow and stunted. Following the national playbook for Democrats, her pitch and TV ads focus on two things, abortion and Republican MAGA extremism. Folks, this is what the entire Democratic Senate candidates, Democratic House candidates, this is all that they have to focus on. Even uh, it goes all the way to the top with Joe Unity Biden and his, his abortion and MAGA Republicans. That's all they have. They have nothing else to run on. They can't run on the border. They can't run on crime. They can't run on the economy. We have Biden inflation, which is, which is at a 40-year high now. Which Americans, you know, that AP poll um, uh, for that I read last week was pretty eye-opening. 46% of Americans, these are our fellow brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers, are just, 46% of Americans describe themselves as, quote, poor. I mean, shouldn't this break the heart of every American? And this is what we're dealing with, with one-party democratic rule? Um, now, Marcus uh, continues to write, talking to voters in New York, two different issues come up time and time again, crime and inflation, as we like to call it, Biden inflation. This is why, again, and it, this is not him writing, by the way, this is why the Democrats are so out of touch, because even New Yorkers are saying crime and Biden inflation. That is what it, that is what we fear most right now. Kathy Jokel doesn't know that. The Democratic Party doesn't know that. The pathological, prolific, pathetic liars in the mainstream media, even they still don't know that. They are so focused on abortion and January 6th. I mean, they, they can't even fathom that Americans are more concerned about any other issues. But that's the thing. They are, though, and they don't get it. By the way, he likens the election to... Uh, uh, in New Jersey, uh, People's Republic of New Jersey, if you will, Democrat Phil Murphy, remember him against Jack Chitterella? Uh, he was that close to losing that election in New Jersey. And I think that that had to do as well with people being fed up, sick and tired of COVID. Man By the way, 947 days ago, we were told it was just going to be 15 days to slow the spread. Then it'd be just 30 days. Well, here we are, 947 days later. And we're still trying to slow the spread. Um, so I think that that had a lot to do with it as well. Now, I think there's Kathy Jokel can try her best to distance herself from the Cuomo administration, but she was a part of it. She was number two. Because Andrew Cuomo is no longer around, and again, you know, I think it's pretty astonishing that it was because of the sexual harassment allegations that were thrown against him, and yet. It wasn't his COVID, putting COVID positive patients in a nursing homes policy. For some reason, he you know he wasn't impeached over that. I mean, it was actually pretty nuts the way that that went down. And then he you know came out and resigned. But I mean, that good lord, you know, we're gonna have accountability ever in this country. Um, but anyway, 
So Kathy Jokel, she can't really distance herself from that because she was a part of all of it. Now, Marcus writes, a Zeldin win in reliably blue New York would be a national bombshell. Maybe it shouldn't be, though. 1993 with crime surging, Gotham elected Republican Rudy Giuliani, then he became America's mayor, to clean it up. Two years later, the Republicans uh, seized the Empire State's governor's mansion with George Wacky Pataki. The question really is whether things have gotten so bad that New Yorkers are seeing red and will be voting red. Now he writes, crime alone might not do it. Soaring prices might not do it. A subway system so broken and hapless that nobody knows if they can get home might not do it. But all of this and more, all of that combined, he writes, it seems very likely to be enough. And by the way, also writes, and, 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 and if Lee Zeldin is to be victorious come November 8th, I'll tell you right now, I will definitely tip my cap to David Marcus because he writes, uh, he says, Lee Zeldin is going to win. You heard it here first. And, and, and I really applaud um. I guess I would call it bravery. Very courageous to make a uh, a bold statement like that. Now, so Marcus's argument is is backed up by facts. This is in the Hill. Quote: This was just yesterday. Bidenflation, crime, immigration are the top voter concerns ahead of the midterms. Now, this is a Caps Harris uh, Harvard Caps Harris poll. This was released on Monday. Seventy-four percent of voters named Bidenflation as very important. 22% said it was somewhat important. 68%, meanwhile, said crime is very important. 26% said it's somewhat important. 59% of voters called immigration a very important issue, while 31% said it is somewhat important. Abortion ranked all the way down fourth, as 55% said it was an important issue, 29% saying it was somewhat important. So again, if the Democratic Party is going to continue to run on, on, on abortion in January 6th, be my guest because Americans are concerned about Bidenflation, crime, and immigration. Oh, by the way, the topic of immigration, listen to this. This was uh, in, the, in the New York Post. Biden administration pressured Democratic El Paso mayor not to declare a state of emergency over the city's migrant crisis. So the Biden, the White House pressured um, uh, the uh, Oscar uh, Leaser is his name. Don't declare, don't declare a state of emergency. No, don't look that. Don't do that because it's going to make Joe Unity Biden look bad. Even though he's worried about his own city, forget about that. No, 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 no. You you can't do that. It's going to make Joe Unity Biden look bad. You know, is, is that? going to be something that's a winning topic for democrats going into the midterms it, it, the border really two million illegal aliens that have flooded into our country i don't think it is biden inflation definitely isn't a winning issue for them crime definitely isn't a winning issue for them and by the way in the state of pennsylvania you got john fetterman who's just a total disaster and disgrace on the topic of crime i want to play for you John Fetterman, he's talking about first-degree murderers. And for some reason, his policy, when it comes to first-degree murderers and letting them out and, 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 and uh, various things like that, he likens it all to a movie. I'm not kidding you, folks. Here's John Fetterman. Oh, these, if you're, you're a killer, you're a 
killer? Well, you must be like Hannibal Lecter, where they have to wheel you around with a face mask. It's like, no. These people are just like Morgan Freeman and Shawshank. He was convicted of first-degree murder for killing a 58-year-old woman oh. with a pair of scissors. If you think Morgan Freeman should have died in prison without having to take a chance, then vote for the other guy. Because that's the face of... Right. Alexis Rodriguez convicted of murdering a 17-year-old. Rodriguez bragged about beating the 17-year-old boy with a baseball bat. People in the public think that they're, you're talking about a whole bunch of Hannibal Lecter's in prison, and they're not. They're like your grandfather. They're like your grandmother. Wayne Covington convicted of first-degree murder for shooting and killing a teenager in cold blood for heroin money. Well, if you think Morgan Freeman should die in Shawshank, then you probably don't, should vote for me. Okay, so folks, repeatedly, again, by the way, it says first degree murderers, uh, they're like your grandfather, your grandmother. What? No, I, I, I don't think they're like my grandfather and my grandmother there, John, that big old boy, as Joey D.D. Biden refers to him as. I mean, it, and he likens his, po so, his policy on crime and letting and letting inmates out of jail who have committed. By the way, you get another headline. This was last week. Quote: Ten convicted first-degree murderers, John Fetterman, help release from prison. And so his policies are on the back of Morgan Freeman in Shawshank Redemption. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? Is that? What Pennsylvania is going to have to deal with? By the way, Fetterman, this was last week as well, Washington Free Beacon. Fetterman claims he wants first-degree murderers behind bars, but he's voted to free more than a dozen. And 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 on the topic, so that's John Fetterman's record and and what his beliefs when it comes to letting out elite uh, or excuse me inmates, but his doctor as well, because uh, for a long time now. Not only Dr. Oz, but even uh, Pennsylvania newspapers as well have been asking for John Fetterman release his medical records. Even at NBC News last week, um, when the uh, uh, the uh, Deja Burns or whatever her name was was doing the interview with John Fetterman, talking about his medical records. But listen to this today: Fetterman's medical report, written by doctor who contributed more than thirty. $1,500 to his campaign. So are we really going to believe this guy, the Fetterman's doctor, Dr. Clifford Chang at University of Pittsburgh Medical Center? So he says this, right? Fetterman's speech is normal. Really? Kicking blank into authority? It's not about kicking balls in authority? Or however he said it? Was that right? Or when he said, the Eagles are just are, are so much better than the eagles whoa okay there john you know when he comes out and he says my name is john fetter woman it, it is all of that supposed we're supposed to believe it's normal occasionally words he will miss which seems like he doesn't hear the word but is actually not processed properly cognitively he's gone his hearing of sound, such as music, is not effective. His communication is significantly improved compared to the, his first visit, uh, assisted by speech therapy, which he has attended on a regular basis since the stroke, he said. Well, here's the thing, because I don't believe a single thing that this doctor says. According to records, Dr. Chen, Chen here, 
$100 donation to the Fetterman campaign on September 23rd, $230 campaign on July 28th, $500 campaign on July 8th, also donated $500 to the Fetterman campaign on June 17th of 2021. Records also show, get this, Chen has made a number of donations to the DNC, including the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, Mark Kelly, the astronaut, the Rev, Senator Raphael Warnock in Georgia, the Peach State, Senator John Ossoff, and Democrat uh, Florida Senate candidate Val Demings. In total, Chen has donated $2,945 to Democrat candidates or committees just in the past year. So we're really led to believe that this guy here is trustworthy, and he's John Fetterman's doctor and donated to not only Fetterman, but other Democrats as well. I don't believe so, and I hope that, that the people of Pennsylvania see right through this nonsense, this absolute disaster that is John Fetterman. Oh, by the way, folks, in 2021, it's even better. This is what, listen to this. This is John Fetterman in 2021. Listen to this. If you had a magic wand and you could wave it and fix one thing, what would it be? Life without parole in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. We could save billions in revenue long term. We could save thousands of, of lives and, and not make anyone less safe. And also expunges many permanent records of people that have been living their best lives and have been paying well beyond when they should have for a charge that they caught, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. How about that? One thing, one single thing. Would it be, you know, maybe... Uh, uh, produce more uh, energy, energy and oil and gas in Pennsylvania and frack, uh, open up fracking as it should be in Pennsylvania? No, 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 no. Why? Because he's against fracking. He's totally against it. He said it repeatedly over and over and over again. So it's not that. Would it be, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe to bring Biden inflation down and maybe bring gas prices down and help the people of Pennsylvania? That's not his one thing. No. Life without parole. Oh, we got to change that, he says. So if you're a murderer, if you're a criminal, I guess in a John Fetterman, Pennsylvania, uh, Fetterman-run Pennsylvania, I guess you're all right. But I've said it repeatedly. You've heard it on this program before. The Democratic Party, they care about criminals, they care about illegal aliens, and they care about people who advocate for abortion. I'll tell you right now, folks, John Fetterman is every single last one of them. He is a radical Bernie Sanders-level socialist that would be a total disaster for the state of Pennsylvania. And 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 I really hope that Dr. Oz does win. And, you know, that, again, that I had reservations about him. I tell you what, he's electable, he's likable, he's intelligent, he's right on the ball. I think Dr. Oz would be a phenomenal Senate uh, senator in the state of Pennsylvania. I hope that people in Pennsylvania um, uh, listen and, and, and take my word for it. I really do. Anyway, folks, we have entered the 947th day of slowing the spread. The Joe Unity Biden administration now has 823 days left for all of us. To endure, thank you. As always, listen to the program, folks. It is never a bad day to be an American.